All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. It is Tuesday, August 25th, and on today's episode, we're going to, of course, get into some a little bit of that basketball, including the OKC Rockets game. That was just another three-point extravaganza for the Houston Rockets in the loss. Also, the dominance of the Los Angeles Lakers. It seems like they are back in a well-oiled machine again. But first, we're going to talk a little football. There's been a lot of talk coming out of New York Giants camp about their head coach, Joe Judge, over the past week and his practice tactics and his no tolerance for anything. So we're going to get into this. What do you guys think about Joe Judge, the first-year head coach there for the New York Giants? He's holding intense practices. He believes you develop the football conditioning through playing football. So he's holding all these crazy intense practices. Isn't that how you get in the shape, though, first off? Isn't that a great way to get into shape? You know, the Giants have been very mediocre over the last few years since moving on from Tom Coughlin. And they just have not seemed to gel really well. <laughs> but anyways, you know, the noble draft picks they had was, of course, number four overall pick. They tried to fix up that offensive line there with Andrew Thomas. They drafted safety Xavier McKinney, two there out of Alabama. So we're trying to, you know, Xavier McKinney was like actually a first round grade on a lot of people's draft boards. So that was a good to get him there early in the second round. But the funniest thing is he's making the coaches run laps, run drills for mistakes. I just want to know how everybody feels about that. You know, Freddie Kitchens is the tight end coach, and he's running laps. Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator, and he's running laps and drills, stretching with the team. You know, I think they deserve it. Those two guys need to run laps. I find it laughable because those two coaches to me were like one of the worst coaches in the league last year. Jason Garrett was in Dallas forever, never accomplished anything. Freddie Kitchens was, I don't know what he was doing there in Cleveland last year, but he didn't look like a head coach. I think there was a play last year that he called too. Wasn't it like a fourth and Eight or fourth and it was fourth and long or something where he ran the draw play. <laughs> Maybe it was like fourth and twelve. I can't remember exactly the down, but yardage, anyways. But I remember it being fourth down. And he uh, called a play call for, it, and it was a running play. <laughs> they turned it over on Dallas because Freddie Kitchens on the sideline looked like a guy everybody used to make fun of that like he worked at KFC or something, and not a head coach. He didn't come off as a head coach whatsoever. So I think this. From that play call and the way that he handled everything there in Cleveland and being the head coach there, he should just keep running laps. I think Joe Judge should just keep him running laps and just sweat out all that Cleveland nonsense out of your body and get into a better better circumstance here because that's how I felt about the whole Cleveland Brown list. I, I love to call them the Cleveland Clowns. I call them the Cleveland Clowns because there's always some kind of story, always some kind of mediocrity in that organization or and on the field. So, you know, anyways, like when you were growing up as a kid, I don't know how you guys feel, but anytime I had a head coach, I had this head coach. He was like 300 pounds. 
And when you're sitting there running laps, he's like, you're out of shape. You're not in game shape. You need to get work harder. Get in game shape. And it's very hard to look over and be like, man, you see how out of shape you are? Do you see how out of shape you are? Like, when was the last time you ran? You could barely walk. You're completely out of shape. And you see head coaches like that a lot. They maybe have good brains, but it was... Is this hard to look over and see some sloppy looking guy on the sidelines telling you to get in the shape when he's probably in the worst shape of his life? You know, so it's very hard to get motivated when you see that over on the sidelines. So it's a good I think it's actually a good thing. He's making some of these guys work now. On the flip side of that, you really don't when you've been in the league for this long. There's there's coaches on on the staff has been coaching for like thirty plus years. I mean, they coached all their lives. So I can see from a different perspective, like man, I'm old now. It is I'm not looking to run in the middle of practice here. You know, I'm not looking to run after practice. I'm out here like I did my time. A lot of veterans may seem that way too. Like hey, I did my time. Sterling Separate came out and said he. uh He's like, man, I can't remember last time I ran for mistakes. I think it was middle school. The wide receiver there. So on the flip side of it, you kind of look at it like, hey, it's a good thing that he's doing this. But if you if you're out of shape, that's gonna be a problem this year in football. I think there's gonna be a lot of injuries. Because none of these guys in football want to sit there and practice anymore. And you're going to suffer the consequences. You got to get in shape. So do I agree with his little tan- tactics here? We'll see what it happens. We'll see how kind of effect this has because you're grown men here. You're telling them to do this. We'll see what happens with it. And it's different, but I like the mentality a little bit. But if I was an older coach, if I'm like 60, 65 in the league, you know, for 30 years stuff, I'm like, hey, man. We gotta slow down on the on the running sprints here. I don't know if I can take this that much more. But anyways, that was my take on the whole Joe Judge thing. I think it's kind of hilarious. I like it especially because Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens are out there having to run, run. They get all that sweat out, that nonsense from the mediocreness of the Cowboys and the Browns, and. I think that's just hilarious. It's so laughable to me because I would want them running. All day long, nonstop, because of their mediocrity that they had at other organizations. All right, now we're going to get into that Brett Brown firing. The Sixers fired him yesterday. We all knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. After being swept by the Celtics in the first round this year, it was, I mean, he had seven years there. He had seven years there. Last year, they went to the Eastern Conference semifinals. They lost in game seven on the Kawhi buzzer beater. And if you think about it, if they make it past that series, maybe this whole thing could have been different. Maybe this whole thing could have been different for this organization because now you don't know where they're going to go. Because there's some possible candidates out there. Of course, we're going to throw out Ty Lue's name there. He's the assistant right now with Doc, uh, for Doc Rivers there for the Clippers. And also they're looking at Jay Wright, the Villanova head coach. He has two national titles there with him. He's a possible candidate. And there's going to be more names that come up here 
and get out in the airwaves here as possible candidates as the weeks go on, as the season comes to an end. But Brett Brown is officially let go, fired. We knew it was going to happen. And the process just didn't work with him there. They they tried. I get he tried, but there was there's no player development to me whatsoever with any of their draft picks, and that has to do with coaching. He deserves he doesn't deserve all the blame, but he deserves the he deserves a lot of it though. Now Elton Brand also deserves a lot of some of some of the blame too. Because now he's the general manager there. He's in charge of all the bringing people in and contracts. And they are going to be in luxury tax. They're going to set a record next year with all the contracts they have. Like this is going to be this is going to be the major problem with the Sixers. Because you're paying Tobias Harris all that money. He's, you're paying Ben Simmons all that money. You're paying Joel Embiid the money. You're playing Al Horford that $100 million contract that should never have been handed out. And now, like, that is going to be a problem going forward. There's probably going to be no suitors wanting to take on any of those contracts. The contracts of Tobias Harris and Al Horford's is what I'm saying, because they really should keep Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons together. They should keep them together and bring in a new head coach and try to develop them and make it work. Have Ben Ben Simmons shoot. Have him shoot the ball, please. (laughs) Shoot the ball. They lost a lot of key players this this last year. Jimmy Butler was on the team during that Eastern Conference semifinal run. J.J. Redick was a key piece on that team. They lost him. They lost his three-point shooting. That's another thing they missed this year. But nothing just seemed to gel whatsoever. And they're always hurt. Joel and being Ben Simmons is always hurt, and that's something they got to think about too going forward. But the first step is, has been taken. Brett Brown has been fired. Ty Lue is a leading candidate, I imagine. And they're also looking at Jay Wright there in Villanova. And now let's get into the dominance of the Los Angeles Lakers. It was Black Mama night. They had the Black Mama jerseys on. They were ready to roll. And LeBron James was not playing. He was making sure they were coming out with a W. They started off red hot. You could just tell from the opening tip, it was going to be over. I think they jumped out to a 13-0 lead instantly there in the first quarter. And there was just no looking back. Lakers won 135-115 to over the Blazers. LeBron James finishes with 30 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists. Anthony Davis added 18 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And for the Blazers, Nurkic led the team in scoring 20 points and 13 rebounds. CJ McCollum, 18 points. And Dame Lillard, 11 points. Now, I'm one of the ones that jumped on the Blazers bandwagon. And they are letting me down. They are letting me down hard. Charles Barkley and over there at TNT, guaranteed to win. Guaranteed the Portland Trail Blazers will win. And this is what happened. Like, thank you so much, Charles Barkley, for guaranteeing the win. And I was with you. I was riding with you for the Portland Trailblazers. But it looks like the luck, the spunkiness, the competitiveness, they are tired, man. (laughs) You can see it on their faces. They are tired. They are so tired. 
And one of the biggest reasons why I was giving them a chance was because the guard play, maybe they just keep getting hot and they could pull out the upset in the series. But the length of the Lakers is just too much. They got too many trees on the team. And it's hurting the Blazers right now. They can't get inside. And it's just not looking good for them. Lakers are up 3-1 now. They got one game left to go. That'll be Wednesday. Will the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, do it out? Their Portland got any kind of magic left in them. Maybe because it wasn't an elimination game that Portland is not playing that well. Maybe the elimination game will bring them back. But Dame Lillard, of course, dislocated his finger a couple games ago. Jason McCom is playing with that fractured back. Nurkic still with that. I can't believe how great he's playing coming off that injury. And the way he's playing has been really well. The problem is Zach Collins takes away. That is a huge loss for them in the series. Of course, Trevor Ariza stayed home, opted to stay home during this playoff run. And if they just had those two guys in there to provide that depth, it could be a more competitive series in my eyes. But right now, it looks all but over for the Portland Trailblazers. I think they have to switch that starting lineup up. Having Nurkic and Whiteside out there is just too slow to compete with the Lakers. Anthony Davis is a monster. He's turned it up. He's played well. We called him out, and he played really well again. He didn't even really have to play this game, honestly. That's how bad the Blazers played and how out of sync they, they looked. But called him out. Now he's out here ball. I got maybe I shouldn't have called him out. Maybe I shouldn't have called him out. But anyways, like him, Howard, McGee, Kuzma, it's just the length. LeBron, it's the length of that team as is causing Blazers the problem. They have to get rebounds. And the problem they have to switch that starting lineup up. They got Dame, CJ, Melo, Whiteside, Nurkic. They have to switch that up. They have to bring somebody. Like Whiteside needs to come off the bench. Whiteside needs to come off the bench. Maybe enter Gary Trent Jr. in there to start the game. I know he comes off the bench. He's been the bench guy. But maybe have him start in place of Whiteside. Because they have to do something. They have to get out hot. Maybe with all that guard play, they can get out there and run. Because that's the problem with them. They're slowing them down. Up And the Lakers are just getting transition points after transition point after transition point. And they can't keep up. And if the Lakers are actually making their shots, they're unstoppable to beat. Like, Caldwell Pope, we called him out. Where were you in game one missing 0 for 9? And now all of a sudden he's hitting threes. He's hitting the threes, and the team is playing really well. And poor Blazers, the magic has just ran out. Will they have anything left? They seem pretty beat up, and they are just exhausted. But you never know. There's three games left in the series if you can extend it. They got to win three straight. Win three straight against L.A. The chances are very, very slim. Now it is time to get into the game of the day. Rockets, Thunder, another exciting one. Another one went down to the wire. The Thunder come out with a win. 117-114 over the Rockets to even the series at two apiece. Chris Paul finishes the game with 26 points, 6 rebounds. 
SGA. That's what I call him. His, his name is very long. And it's hard to pronounce. <laughs> 18 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, and Dennis Schroeder had 30 points. As for the Rockets, Harden finishes 32 points, 8 rebounds, 15 assists. Gordon, 23 points, and House Jr., 21 points. Now, the biggest takeaway from the game is you live and die by the three. Once again, the Houston Rockets set their own mark again. They shot 58 three-pointers. They beat their old record of 56 the other night. So now they have the 58. I was trying to get them to go 60 the other, the other day, and they're almost there. They're going to get 60 at some point. But 58 three-pointers. Now they started off that third quarter 8 of 8. And they pulled this big demanding lead. Came out from halftime. 8 of 8 from 3. Guess what they shot the rest of the game. 5 of 26. They went ice cold. Ice cold. And if you look at their shot chart for the second half. And it is just hilarious. I've never seen anything like this. Everything was from 3. And it wasn't just at 3. They were shooting logo shots. Like, do you want to win the series or do you not want this? Don't care. And you see the frustration on Harden's face after the game and whatnot. Like, what do you expect to come out from the game when you shoot 58 three-pointers and refuse to shoot a jump shot? Refuse to shoot a hook shot. It is either a layup, dunk, or three. If it's not a layup or a dunk, they're kicking it out. They have wide open shots and they didn't even get to the foul line. They got to the foul line 10 times. That's unacceptable. There were 9 of 10 from the line. Harden got to the line only 5 times. You have to get to the foul line. 5 times Harden. That's that's a glaring stat. He shot 15 three-pointers though. He shot more three-pointers than the foul line. He shot more three-pointers than at from 2. Like why? You wonder why this series is even. Russell Westbrook didn't play again. He hasn't played at all this series. I expect him to be back for game five. We'll see some jump shots from Russell Westbrook. He, he's not a very great shooter now, but hey, we're going to see some jump shots in the lane I get and whatnot. We're going to see some two-point field goals, hopefully, when he returns. You live and die by the three, and you're keeping the thunder in the series. And now it's knotted up at two apiece. This series could be over if you were to just play basketball the right way. I can't stand really watching it at periods of time. At times, it's exciting to see it go back and forth, fast pace, three here, three there. At times, it's exciting. But overall, I can't stand watching the three-point extravaganza that the Houston Rockets want to do. They're getting a little better defensively, getting a little strappier down there. But overall, man, why? You could have ended this series and Russell Westbrook could have stayed, you know, waiting for their next opponent, gotten healthy, gotten the quad right more, make sure he's 100%. Now the series has been prolonged and I just don't understand it. Shoot the tray! Shoot it. It doesn't matter. 
Hey, we're up 15. Shoot it. Shoot the three-pointer with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Hey, we're down. You know, I just don't understand the gameplay. It does not work. It's never worked. It's never going to work. And if they don't get past this series, fire D'Antoni. Get him out of there. Get rid of this kind of play. They were playing small ball. They got rid of Capella. And they wanted to go real, real small. And look what's happening. I mean, there was once a time where you shot a three. It was prohibited. You were not allowed to do. Coach, that's a bad shot. That's a bad shot. And most of Houston Rockets shots are bad shots. And when you miss them, they're bad shots. <laughs> like, come on. Let's stop with this three-point extravaganza. You live and die by the three. It's never worked. Orlando Magic almost made it work back in the day when Dwight Howard was their center. And they were shooting threes. Kicking it out, shooting threes. It almost worked with them. But right now, Houston doesn't have anybody to rebound the ball consistently other than Tucker. And you are going out there and shooting 58 three-pointers. I think they shot 91. How many times did they shoot this game? Yes, 91 times. 23 made three-pointers. Only 18 made two-pointers. And only nine made free throws. So there it goes. There's their stat line. Check out the shot chart too, by the way. You have to look. If you want to see the shot chart from the game, go look at it. 23 three-pointers made, 18 two-pointers. When you're making more threes than twos, there's a problem. We're making, it was almost more threes than the two-pointers and free throws combined. Like that is their offense. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Kick it out, shoot the three. If you can't get in the lane and make a layup or a dunk, shoot it back out to one of the three-point guys standing there, and hopefully they make it. (laughs) But that is the Houston Rockets offense, and right now it's failing, and it's working. It'll probably work in game five. It'll probably bounce back, and it'll work in game five. They'll put up a string of threes and come out with a win, but then the next game they may go ice cold again. And it is just amazing that an NBA professional team thinks this is what's going to win. And it's a lot, like, come on now. Get this crap out of here. Get this horrible basketball play out of here. That's enough. I hope they lose the first round just because I don't want to see them. I just don't want to see this type of game play anymore in this year's playoffs. Okay, that's going to conclude the episode for today. I want to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Remember to check out the official website over there at feeltheheatentertainment.com and the official Instagram as well at feeltheheatentertainment with all your latest sports news and what to expect upcoming for the show. Remember, it's Monday through Friday, available on all platforms. Spread the love, you guys. I love you guys. Peace out. See you all Wednesday.